GOCC family, listen, I really believe God wants to continue to challenge us as it relates to living above status quo. So this summer series that we literally have taken our time to walk through, I pray that it has been a gut check, a heart check, a life check, that anytime we need to go before the Lord through his word, through prayer, that God has to convict us or check us in certain matters as well as certain areas of our lives. And it's not easy. Let's be real. It is not easy. Last week, we looked at accountability, but we also looked at this idea of standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And can we be real? Can we be honest and transparent today? There was a lot to chew on that I went back through the message and the Holy Spirit continued convicting me in areas of my own heart and matters of my walk and my life and my relationship to Christ, but my relationship with others. So today, we really want to continue slowly walking through the accountability of the believer. Listen, we are accountable to one another. And accountability is not a word we like. This week, I was getting my hair cut, and I was talking to an individual in the barbershop. And we started unpacking last week's message. And this individual said, listen, man, you hit us in the gut last week. And hey, we don't mind being accountable to God. But accountability to other people, pastor, that's tough. And I looked at this individual and I said, you are right. But we need each other. Are you hearing me today? Wherever you are, the Lord is reminding us that we need each other. And because we need one another, we have to be accountable to one another. And accountability is not easy. Last week, we saw that in terms of accountability, we need to be vulnerable. That we need to let down or allow our defensive walls to come down. And that takes time. But then we have to be teachable. That we have to submit our attitude, our ego, and all who we are to those who we trust those who we love, people that we can value their opinion, but most of all, we value how they unpack the Word of God in our lives so that we may take the Word of God and apply it to our everyday walk. And then the change happens. So I wanna encourage somebody today. Listen, change doesn't happen overnight. It takes time for you to literally walk out certain changes in your life. But without the help of the Holy Spirit and without the help of God's word, there is no change. I love it this way. When I look at the term accountability, I literally went back to the life of Jesus. And what I noticed is that Jesus was accountable to 12 men. But from those 12, he had a personal, intimate relationship with three. And from those three men to one, Peter. 
So there is accountability in a large group and a smaller group, but then accountability to someone who would challenge your walk with Christ, who would challenge you in the area of your relationship with your spouse or how you father or mother your child or children. Someone who you will allow to evaluate your life to the point where you want to honor Christ that you back up and say, hey, I'm letting down my defensive walls. I'm inviting you into this space, speaking to me and hold me accountable. And that's why we need one another. Proverbs 27 and 17. I love what Solomon writes. As iron sharpens iron, so one man or one person sharpens another. And it is a picture of a piece of iron. And in the Old Testament, they would take one iron blade and use it to sharpen another blade. So you need both pieces of iron, both blades to sharpen one another. And when you sharpen both blades by using both pieces of iron, now you have a more effective tool. And that's the concept of iron sharpening iron. And I believe God wants us to be accountable to one another, that we may sharpen one another, that when we do life in the marketplace, life within the walls of the church or life outside of the walls of the church, we are so sharpened and we are so acute to things that we say that will never bless nor benefit someone else that we quickly back up, ask for forgiveness, ask for the forgiveness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we move forward. So we need one another. So in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, the writer of Hebrews gives us this idea that God expects for us to live and serve in a community of believers and that God desires for us to do life in such a way that we do it lovingly. We do it with a servant's heart. We do it with times of trepidation, but also with times of expectations. We do life together by laying down our life for a brother or a sister in the kingdom. And through that, relationships mature. Through that, we can grow as individuals in God's kingdoms. Can I let you in on a little secret? Sometimes we think that we are on a island by ourselves. And that's not how God made the body of Christ. Man, this week has been great. On Wednesday night, the men of Global got together on a Zoom call. And we entitled this Zoom call, Around the Horn. That if you've seen ESPN, you, you know that they have a 30-minute segment called Around the Horn. And we allow the men to go around the Zoom call or the horn, so to speak, and unpack their life to take five or six minutes to allow us to get to know you. And I walked away with some valuable nuggets. A few things I walked away with. We had more in common as brothers than we did not have in common. Man, we heard from guys who grew up in the Church of Christ, 
apostolic, Church of God in Christ, Baptist, men on a call who had no church history at all. I mean, men from Louisiana. We had a few LSU guys on there. Go Tigers! We had an Aggie. I mean, we had guys from all spectrums of life. Different ethnic groups. But we all have something in common. What is it? We have hard places and cracks in our lives. That there are times when we are just soaring like the eagle. But then there are times that we are wounded and we are on the ground and we need one another. So it's just a reminder that God did not design life for us to be alone, to be on a island. But God wants us to do community together. And in this season of life and ministry, community and accountability are vital to the spiritual health of the believer. In this season, the season that we are walking through, community is vital to the health of the believer. Can I go back to our Zoom call on Wednesday? Here's what I found, that some men are making tough decisions about closing their businesses due to COVID-19. Some men need to make some hard changes in their life. Why? Due to this season. Some men are fathering their children alone. Man, that's why we need community. Because community is valuable to the life and the walk of the believer. This quote by Jay Hampton, he says this, accountability is one of the means God uses to bring about solid growth and maturity within the freedom to be what God has created for us to be. Did you hear me today? That God uses accountability as a catalytic growth for all of the believers that we may mature in the things of God. And that's why accountability to believers within the body of Christ is important. Here's another thing if you're writing, write this down. Accountability helps people to grow in Christ as well as to learn to find him as their source, force, and course of life. Christ is your source. He is your force, but he's also your source of life. So in last week's message, we looked at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, I believe we looked at verses 7 through about 15, and we unpacked the judgment seat of Christ, that one day we will all have to stand before the judgment seat to give an account of our service, of our lives, of our words, our actions, as we have lived on this side. And based off of our works and our service, we would obtain rewards or no rewards as we enter heaven. That the judgment seat has nothing to do with your salvific relationship. It has nothing to do with your eternal destination. That at the point where you trust Christ as Savior, you make this public confession, you are now saved by grace, or saved through faith, excuse me, you are saved by grace, through faith, 
in Christ alone. You understand it has nothing to do with your works, but it has everything to do with your trust that you place in Christ. You are eternally secure. So we looked at this judgment seat of Christ and we move from there to looking at, man, I'm accountable for my words, but I'm also accountable for my actions. So for our short time together today, I really want to call your attention to the accountability within the body of Christ. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, man, I love this. Paul is really challenging the church at Corinth. So he, he writes 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15. He says this, Now I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that they were the first fruits of Achaia, and that they had devoted themselves for ministry to the saints. Here in verse 15 of chapter 16, we have this guy, Stephanus. And Stephanus and his family were faithful to the call of God on their life. But they are also faithful to public ministry. And they are the first fruits of Paul's ministry there in the church at Corinth. But then Paul continues in verse 16 that you also be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps in the work and labor. Here's the first point that I really want to press into your mind today. That accountability to godly spiritual leaders is vital in the work and in the life of the church. That God is calling us to be accountable to spiritual leadership. That when we are accountable to people who have proven themselves worth their salt, that they walk the walk, talk the talk, you can see the fruit of the spirit in their life. You can see the fruit of spiritual development in their life. That Paul is literally using Stephanus as an example of how to be accountable to people. There it is in verse 16. Who helps in the work and in the labor. So I went back and I asked myself, who were men in the Bible that were accountable to other men? Walk with me today. Lot was accountable to his uncle Abraham. Joseph was accountable to Potiphar. King Saul was accountable to Samuel the prophet. King David was accountable to Nathan the prophet. Nehemiah was accountable to the king. Daniel was accountable to several kings. Jesus, his 12. But then Jesus was also accountable to the father. John Mark was accountable to Paul and Barnabas. Timothy was accountable to Paul, who was his father in, his, in the faith. There are men in the Bible who were accountable to other men who had proven their walk and worth as it relates to their relationship with Christ. But then I also ask myself, are there any men in the Bible 
that were unaccountable to anyone. And here's a man who popped in my mind. This man named Samson. The strongest man in the Bible. Boy, Samson did not have any accountability. He had an independent attitude. He refused to be accountable to anyone. He was a long ranger. He refused to work with others. He was erratic in his attempts to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. Tax God's people. He made their burdens heavier. Why? Because he lacked accountability. And at some level, King Solomon was unaccountable. So much so that the women turned his heart from fully following God. See, there are great products of people who have been accountable to other people, but then we see unproductive ways that men have been unaccountable, but then we see through a biblical lens how being unaccountable has affected their lives. So here's what I'm asking you today. Can you name one person that you are willing to be accountable to? And if so, why that one person? What makes them different? What makes them worth you being accountable to? Identify that person right now. Take the time. Today, it's not one of these exciting messages, but I really want to dig down. Who is that person? Why are you accountable to them? But are you vulnerable enough to allow your defensive walls to be lowered that you can do life with them, that you are unashamed of the junk in your life and you lay it out on the table so that they can encourage you, inspire you, but challenge you to live a life where you soar with the eagles? Because at the end of the day, it's about you living above mediocrity to soar with the eagles, coming out from this status quo type of lifestyle to be everything that God has called you to be within the kingdom. It's having this kingdom mindset to understand that it's not about you. It's back to his greatness, his grandeur, but his glory. That's why we wanted to submit our lives to people that we can be accountable to. And thank God, even in this text, we have a brother who's accountable. But I like this in verse 17. He says, I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus. And then he mentions this word Fortunatus. Here's another guy who's a part of the body. So you have Stephanicus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. Verse 18, for they have refreshed my spirit in yours. Underline, refresh my spirit. Man, that word refreshed literally leaped off the page to me that when I'm accountable to men these men have a way of refreshing my spirit and even when they speak hard truth in my life and I get upset and I don't want to be around them for a couple of days I think around that second week 
I experienced this refreshing of my spirit. And that's why accountability is so valuable that God uses accountability to godly people to refresh your spirit. So again, here's a question I want to ask you today. Who are you accountable to and why? Are you allowing them to get into those dark, hard places of your life to speak to you in such a way that God will produce joy out of your life in hard areas? Can I say this to you? There are many people that I've had the opportunity to talk to. And there are times I had to challenge their walk in Christ. And it could have come across as if I was being judgmental. That's not my job. I'm a fruit inspector. But then God has called me to be accountable, but then to provide accountability. And when I do that, it's hard. I don't wake up saying, yes! It's time to go be accountable to Minister Sweeney. Yes, God, I get to speak to Minister Holmes and I'm excited about challenging him in his walk with you. No, that's not how it works. Listen, not only is it tough for the person to hear the challenge, but it's also tough for the person to deliver it. So you extend grace in greater measures that when you submit to an individual, you understand that on both ends, accountability is hard. But biblical accountability should produce spiritual leaders, spiritual maturity, but then great fruit. Why? Because it's helpful. It's healthy. It's a time of refreshing. And trust me, there are times where we need to be rebuked. We don't even use that word anymore in the church. That's old school language. Boy, come here so I can rebuke you. Nobody wants to be rebuked, but it's profitable. It's profitable. So even as a pastor, there are five men that I am accountable to. These five men get to ask me hard questions about my life. And what I love about these men is that when we're on a call together or we're grabbing coffee, I want to allow you to come into the conversation. Here's the conversation. Hey, E, how's it going? Man, I'm good. So, E, have you dated your wife this week? Ah, I forgot, man. I got busy. Okay, Eric, so what are the next steps as it relates to you dating your wife this week? And I lay them out. So, E, how are you doing with loving and leading your daughters? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Well, unpack that. What does that look like for me? And I would explain that to the five men that I'm accountable to. Hey, Eric, how are you doing in terms of your prayer life? Man, this week was busy. Listen, I was doing drive-by prayer. Man, I was doing one-minute prayers. Or, hey, I got to spend some intentional quality time in the presence of the Lord. Do you see how accountability works? It's Q&A. It's been authentic and vulnerable enough to submit my attitude and my ego to people who would be a blessing and a benefit in my life. And here's the next thing I love about these men. They don't call me and say, hey, Pastor E, what's the budget of your church? How's the membership? They're not overly concerned about butts in the seats, 
budgets or bodies? You know what they're concerned about? Me. And when you have the right people in your life who are concerned about you, they will challenge you to soar like an eagle, to see the storm and to go right into the storm because your wings, which are spiritual wings, are so strong that you allow God to continue to use you for kingdom purposes. So here's the second thing. So we're accountable to godly spiritual leadership. But then, simple message, accountability to one another. Let's look at a few passages. Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, I love this. Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. Now we who are strong are to bear the infirmities or the weaknesses of those without strength. And not just please ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his neighbor's good, for his neighbor's edification or building up within the kingdom. That's what verse 2 is saying. That when we who are strong can literally build up or bear the weaknesses of others, the other person is built up. So if you're writing, here's a main point to write down. One thought from this particular pericope of scripture. Here it is. Strength is for service, not status. That God has given you strength. And your strength is for service. It's not for your status or your status. Man, we need to get beyond our status in the kingdom. And we need to hold fast to our service in the kingdom. That people are around you right now in this season that they need to be served. They need to be loved. They need to be challenged. Yes, but they need to be uplifted. Why? You need to edify them for the purposes of the kingdom. So if you're strong, listen, don't look down, despise with contempt a brother or a sister who is weak. But if you're strong, bear up the person who is weak. But then I love this other one. This has just popped out of my mind while I'm reading. It just popped up. Galatians. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, underline you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one look into yourselves so that you too will not be tempted. That if there's a brother who's fallen into sin, your job is to restore them with gentleness. That word restore literally in the Greek is the resetting of broken bones. That your job is to reset that broken bone, that broken believer with a spirit of meekness of gentleness. Here's the reason why. You got to consider yourself lest you also be tempted that the same sin that potentially broke your brother or sister could be the same sin that could potentially break you. And that's why we don't look down on other people. That's why we don't despise other people because we can fall prey to that same sin. Then the writer there, Paul says, bear one another's burdens and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Verse three, 
For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting in regards to himself alone and not in regards to others. Examine your work. Do a personal inventory of your life. And when you do that, you really don't have any reason to boast. Why? Because you understand that temptation at some point in life will get us all. A lot of information unpacked. A lot of it. And I can continue with unpacking more. But here's what I want to do. I want to pose just a series of questions to you. Next steps. And as we unpack next steps, my desire is to cultivate a community of discipleship. That means that we have people that's doing life on life, that we are being accountable to one another through discipleship. That we are learning how to be followers of Christ in thought, word, and indeed. November 18th, 1985, Monday Night Football. I remember sitting in front of my sitting in front of my television, and I'm watching the Washington Redskins play the New York Giants. Some of you are too young to even remember. And I've never forgotten this play. Joe Thousman drops back, and he's getting ready to pass the ball, and all of a sudden, this bad linebacker by the name of Lawrence Taylor beats the offensive lineman, comes around, he tackles Joe Thiesman, and Joe falls awkwardly, and you can see it right now, snaps his leg, is broken. And his leg is just there dangling. And you can see Lawrence Taylor walking around in anguish. He's upset. He didn't mean to hurt Joe, but it happened that Joe got caught in the wrong position. And even though he got caught in the wrong position, he could not move his leg and his leg was broken into. Follow me as I close. Broken into. It's hard for me to believe that when Joe Thiesman arrived to the hospital, the doctors just started, ah, give me a Joe, give me a Joe. They start working on him frantically. It's hard for me to believe that. It's really hard for me to believe that the doctors did not care for Joe's broken leg. Here's what I believe happened. They got Joe to the hospital, put Joe on the table, and they started to restore the broken bone with gentleness. Doc, we need to reset Joe's leg. Doc, we need to put stitches here. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, doctors. Be careful here, because if you put this stitch in the wrong place, it will hurt something else. I believe that they took their time to repair Joe's leg. And that's all I'm trying to say in the last two weeks. We are accountable. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will give an account to God of our words, our actions, our thoughts. We will be accountable for those. And since we will be accountable, 
to God on the other side. Let's be accountable to men on this side. So a few takeaways, next steps. Here's a challenge. Prayerfully consider who God may call you to be accountable to. Take time this week to literally write down the name of five people that you know are worthy of your accountability and prayerfully consider if God may have you walk with them in this season of life. So do that. Here's the second thing I want to challenge you with. Second takeaway. Once you have identified those five people, take the bold step of picking up the phone or meeting with them and then talking with them one-on-one to say, I really believe God wants me to be accountable to you. Here are my reasons why. And I want to be vulnerable enough, teachable enough to submit my ego, my attitude to you. Would you prayerfully consider being my accountability partner? Those are two takeaways. Will you be accountable to someone in this season of life? Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we just thank you for accountability. It's a tough term. It's a word that we need to grab a hold to, to unpack even more. But over these last two weeks, we thank you for challenging us by asking through your Bible, who are you accountable to? So God, forgive us for our sins. We thank you for Jesus Christ who died on the cross to redeem us back to you. That's our relationship vertically. Now we're asking today that you allow us to connect horizontally with people who will hold us accountable. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm praying for you this week, and I pray that God will use you in a great way to impact, challenge, and inspire someone that God has placed in your path. Remember, your life matters because you matter to Christ. And he desires a relationship with you. But sin separates you. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That sin keeps you from experiencing the fulfilling life that God intends for you. That you are eternally separated from God. But I have good news. Jesus rescues you. Jesus offers you peace with God and relationship with him. Through faith in Jesus, you can experience God's love daily. So our question today is, will you trust Jesus by placing your faith in him as your savior? Would you pray with me? God, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. I ask that you will forgive me of my sins. Today, I confess Jesus as my savior. I place my faith in him. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I ask that you, Lord, would be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision to trust Christ as Savior, please email us at info at globaloutreachcc.org. 